All right, inappropriate Earl. I've just been talking to my guests for the last 45 minutes. This, this might be a 10-minute podcast. I think we peaked. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I peaked in high school, let alone on this podcast. I mean, I peaked uh, in several eras of my life. Uh, athletically, I was a dominant athlete in grade school. Would you say you're also dominant in the bedroom, Earl? Um, you know, I think if there was a Yelp review site for sexual encounters that... Uh, there is. It's called Lulu. Keep going. Oh, well, I think <laughs> I would be reviewed very favorably. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with whether you're dominant or submissive. It does, though. I mean, I'm a giver. So, because my mom raised me, and this is probably the weirdest intro i've ever given a guest where we're talking about <laughs> you're like the giving tree the hebrew hammer that yeah. lies within my pants uh oh god it, my mom said <laughs> make the girl happy first and they'll always come back they'll always come well hope not yeah. always <laughs> even barry bonds strikes out oh wow okay but uh, i would say uh if you go on this review site and if my name was on there would say my last few uh, girlfriends or whoever would review me favorably. Did you ever read the book She Comes First? Well, that's my philosophy, but no, I've never read it. Well, you might have written it. I don't know. I guess not. Well, listen, <laughs> not every girl's going to come first. Some girls have uh, trouble uh, orgasming. Anyway, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> directly through uh penetration they need other stimulants right i mean i'm not asking you necessarily but like uh, some girls you are familiar with some girls not being able to come through uh, penetration sex everyone is different i know someone who can orgasm from nipple play which i blows my mind what's her number ha 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 626 ah, i probably know her <laughs> uh right but you know and and some guys uh can only uh come through the girl being on top or whatever so give it up for my guest lee lamar hey guys give it up for me and not in that way guys i know my fan base skews looking, looking for a bunch of male slots out there well to be honest with you uh i've always wanted to have you on because we're friends yeah. but yet we don't know each other that well yeah you know we're we're the typical comedy relationship where you see someone at the comedy store hey what's up how are you doing mm -hmm. and then i would say we're at the small talk plus a little bit of gossip level oh definitely based on the last 40 minutes <laughs> yeah and also some experiences at the store well we help each other i think through uh you know we both have had um you know situations in our past uh, that uh hey i could use a girl's uh mindset yes and uh you know since i'm an older guy well I, I you know maybe you needed uh not guidance from me but uh you know an older man's input like i see you talking to coach t a lot coach i he's probably one of my he heroes he's one of my favorite people on the planet i think and for those of you not knowing who Coach T is, how dare you? How dare you exist? He is, along with Brian Moses, the undisputed stars of Roast Battle. This is not a Roast Battle podcast But today. Coach T is also an angel. I think he's a shaman. I think he is put on this earth to help people. He keeps it real. And he's the realist and also extremely talented. Very funny. 
His comedy timing is on point. His fingers are magical. Like the way that he can operate where he hears a joke and immediately can play something that follows a song, uh, a sound, anything that follows immediately in the comedy timing of it is perfect. I mean, he did. So uh, hard to do. I mean, he's the quickest mind I've ever been around. Yes. Uh, I, I did a boys in the hood joke once. I think there was like a black roaster on stage and he looked like Ricky from boys in the hood and coach T had the sound clip of Cuba Gooding Jr. going Ricky when he got shot in the end. I still to this day don't know how he had it queued up. Uh, same with me for roast battle. I hadn't told him any of my jokes. I hadn't told anyone any of my jokes. I mean, he certainly hadn't heard them, but there was a, a TLC joke that I made an AIDS TLC joke. And he immediately <laughs> played waterfalls within sec like a second. Yeah. It's like, and he has like 80,000, literally 80,000 songs and, and sound files and MP3s. Just ready to go. I, I don't know how he does it. A it's, plethora of knowledge. It's the, you know, comedy central, make him more featured, please. How dare you? I, I agree. How dare you? All right. Let's get into you. Yeah. Let's talk about me. Cause I love talking about me. Well, that's true you, narcissist here in LA. We're all narcissists. I know all of us comedians. I've had probably 10 episodes of this podcast where I interview myself. <laughs> like I talk about a UFC card by myself. Do you ask the question and then answer? I don't. Uh, yeah, basically I'm like, well, this uh, past Saturday night, and this is not a UFC. I mean, you don't look like you would be into the UFC. I could get into anything as long as there's food. Okay. Can you name a UFC fighter? Um, Pacquiao. What the fuck? Uh, well, he's a boxer. Is that not UFC? Well, he might be fighting Conor McGregor. So I, oh, McGregor there. I named one. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, yeah. As long as there are wings involved, I'm usually into whatever it is. The event is. Well, so there was a UFC card this weekend and I did a little episode because the, the main event featured two women who look like men. Uh, cyborg against the girl who knocked out uh, Ronda Rousey. Mm. It was just like watching two guys fight. Right. Like, they're both like my size, better bodies than I have, which is hard to come up with. You know, there's something about being a female fighter that's... Did you ever see Million Dollar Baby? I love Hilary Swank. I love Hilary Swank, and that movie makes me cry endlessly. Um, huge Clint Eastwood fan as well. But there's something about being a fighter as a female that is really empowering. However, I'm not sure that's the body type I'm going for. Well, you know, on a completely unrelated side note, my mother was pregnant with me and had dinner with Clint Eastwood and told him. Were they dating? Um, you know, I don't, I hope not. I mean, this really? is when she was married <laughs> to my dad. Uh, so, but whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Side cheating bar. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but if it was with Clint Eastwood, you know I mean, I mean, I'm I'm anti-cheating. I've certainly cheated in the past, not bragging. You have? I have. Earl, I was younger, immature, uh, insecure. Think, oh, you know, I have a cool girlfriend, and this girl wants to fuck me. I'm cool. It's embarrassing. Do you think that's why cheating happens? Insecurity. For me, it did. Mm. You know, uh, I've never cheated on anyone. Uh, so I just want to let you know that I am better than you, if that's... You are, as a hundred percent. I mean, if I could uh, take one thing back about my life, it would be that. Right. Um, just because I, looking back now, go, cheaters are horrible people. It really messes up your the partner, traumatizes them. 
Oh, I'm, uh, you know, when I was cheated on, uh, it probably still affects me. Right. Because uh, you just have trust issues after. Yeah, and that's what, uh, you ruined uh, the uh, the next uh, relationship I was in. We won't mention names. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was so traumatized that I thought, well, uh, this girl's going to cheat on me because she's hot. I'm just going to line up something. So when it happens, I'll, I'll be able to just jump right into something, and you know, then you know, it sounds like a mess, Earl. Sounds like a mess. <laughs> well, that was nothing compared to what followed that one, but uh, you know, hey, I mean, we date comics. Life is long; it could get worse. I mean, I don't <laughs> imagine get anything getting worse than um, previous uh, situations, but uh, you, you know, it could. Do you want to get married one day? Like, do you have a vision of having children and getting married or just being married without kids? Oh, well, I think I'm probably a little old to have kids now. I mean, I'm 49, so. Yeah, but I mean, look at Rod Stewart. Didn't he just have a kid? And he's like 67. But I, I think that's horrible to do to a kid. When his kid is 20, he'll be literally close to 90. Well, <laughs> Rod Stewart pussy will keep Rod Stewart alive. That's hilarious. It's it's the, the juices that emanate from. Pussy juice will keep him alive i mean that's his iv yeah <laughs> i mean look at keith richards yeah uh, look at uh mick jagger look at jail look at the rolling stones right. except for the black bass player who's yeah, been I guess in, everyone did pretty well for themselves well even the drummers like still around right uh, look at gene simmons harvey weinstein look how great he looks oh hey. he looks terrible, oh my god girl. I mean, i've never seen a less attractive person in my life I mean, no wonder he has to rape all these women. I mean, it's, it's, we'll just uh, move on to the next topic or. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, I, I mean, know. he's not a lot. I mean, listen, that's a whole nother podcast. I have never, there's a lot of comics I know who are a little nervous right now. I am not nervous in that regard. That's thanks for being an ally. You know, I want any woman who wants to be with me to want to be with me. Not, I got to force this chicken. <laughs> I mean, have you been casting couched? I'm not trying to say I'm uncasting couchable. I'm sure everyone falls victim to certain elements of Hollywood. However, I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. For me, I hold myself spiritually in a very high place. So if I, if something doesn't align with what feels acceptable to me, I'm out the door. So the second something feels uncomfortable, if the dialogue feels uncomfortable, if the room feels uncomfortable, if they're asking me to do something that mm, I, I mean, I once did, um, I, I'll tell you about this in a second, but I did audition for a show which required nudity, uh, the girl's guide to depravity. It was a show that required lots of nudity. And I remember, well, anyway, I'll come what back channel is it on? <laughs> uh, I think it used to be on Showtime or HBO. Um, it was a late night show. Okay. And a lot of the girls on the, I knew, I know, I still know actresses from that show who did very well and they're still working actresses. Um, but the moral of my story was, yeah, I'm, I'm out the door. If you send me a text that's like, Hey, I'd love to meet you for dinner and pick your brain. Um, I'm like, Hey, let's meet for coffee. What's, what's the topic? You know, I'll change. I change it up because when I first moved to LA, I had executive producers taking me to dinners that turned into dates that turned into, oh, you don't want to kiss me. And then it's like, yeah, I, I have no interest. If you're interested in me as a talent, 
or uh, anything of that regard, I'm interested. If you if this isn't a professional setting, then you need to tell me ahead of time. Otherwise, I'm just going to leave. Right. So, yeah, I have a very low tolerance for anything that doesn't seem real or comes from a place of high moral integrity. Um, just because life is too short to put yourself in a situation in which you feel uncomfortable. And it's a male-dominated business, so I think female comics or there actresses. Are, there are a lot of people who will do anything that it takes to make it. Oh, I see it a lot. God bless them. That You do you. You're, take your path. I don't judge anyone for what they do. However, it's not my path. If people are interested in what I have to offer as uh, intellect, then great. But if they are just looking at me for my body and thinking I'm a conquest, I'm out. Yeah, well, no one has ever fucked their way to the top. They've fucked their way in the middle. Yeah, I mean, very few. I mean, maybe Sharon Stone. I mean, there are very few success stories, but you know about you know their history. So it's a little I mean, it's a little embarrassing, I would think, although they're probably laughing all the way to the bank. But are they truly happy? Are they in good marriages now? How is their career now? There are just a lot of questions. And also, can you live with yourself? Can you live with what you did to get to where you are? Some people can. Yeah. There's a lot of soulless people out there. Yeah. Well, so that show that I auditioned for at the time, I felt okay about. I I wasn't sure how I felt about nudity. Um, and this was when I was still living in New York, and I made it through six callback rounds. So it was it was a very final round. It was between me and someone else. It was testing, um, in front of producers. It was it was it was a big deal. And I remember thinking, uh, my third callback was no clothes. So and it was a very honestly. I, to this day, will stand by this. There was mostly men in the room, but I felt very comfortable. It never felt like anyone was looking at me for too long. It was literally just, you come in, you take your clothes off, you leave your un just your underwear on, you turn around, and then you leave, and that's it. And I I felt very comfortable. I will say that. It didn't feel like a, no one was staring. No, There was nothing weird happening. It felt very professional. It was in, it was out, and then I left. And then I cried on the subway on the way home. Because you were traumatized by... I just realized I didn't know if I could include it into my artistic life. I didn't... I just... There was something about you're being judged on your bot. It was... You know, they were saying, well, we just want to make sure you don't have any weird moles or like tattoos or... But what they're... I mean, they have to sell your body on television. Yeah. Like, does she have nice tits? Are they weird? These are all, and, and they don't want to make it personal. So they have to say things like, you know, do you have weird moles or tattoos that would be hard to cover up or whatever it is? Um, and so, and I, I made it past that round in case anyone was curious. Uh, so they still wanted to see my talent after they'd seen my body. Thank you so much. Um, but so it was and, a speaking role. I mean, Oh yeah, it was a huge right. role. It was a, it was one of the series regulars and I remember it was the six. It was the final. It was the end. And I, you know, when you have that chaos feeling in your body. Yes. I felt so sick to my stomach because everything within me was saying, I don't want this. I don't want it was shooting in Romania. I mean, it was like a whole weird thing where I was like, this just feels really wrong. And I, I'm not ready to be having sex on camera. Like it doesn't feel like it's part of my art and who I truly feel like I align with as a professional. And I got the news that I didn't get it. And they sent me this very nice email that was just saying how much they loved me and everyone loved me and I'm very talented and blah, blah, blah. But they said I go a different direction. And I've never felt more relief in my life. Right. Part of me feels like I let myself down by not telling them that I didn't want to do it. But the universe did for me what I couldn't do for myself, which was 
ultimately, you know, be rejected from the role or reject it. Either way, I didn't want it. So I'm glad that I didn't get it. Um, now, HBO, I'm available for bookings. Uh, Westworld. Westworld. I'm so pale. Like, put me in the saloon. I'm ready to go. I'm the perfect skin tone for it. I mean, if I were casting something. Yeah. What do you think? Earl? I didn't like Westworld, to be honest. You with didn't? You. I just thought it was way too slow and monotonous. I love Ed Harris. I love me He's some Ed Harris. Fantastic. He's like, that's an actor. Yes. Like, if he's teaching an acting class, take it. Uh, I just, I don't know. And my friend Tate Fletcher was in it. The great bearded Tate Fletcher. Mm. Uh, I just, I, it didn't do it for me. But I'll also watch Sons of Anarchy every night. It, it, uh, Tate, I could see that about you. <laughs> it's just the best show. I've seen every episode 50 times. I still get excited. At the, <laughs> what do you like? Did you like True Blood? Never watched an episode. Are you not a fantasy guy? Um, no, I like uh, like Ray Donovan. I love okay. Ray Donovan. Did you do you like Bosch? I it's, in, it's I want to get into that because Titus Welliver was in Sons of Anarchy as Jimmy O, the the IRA gun runner. Mm. I love him as an actor. I watched a lot of Bosch when I went home for Thanksgiving to visit my family because that's what you do with family. Right. You watch TV. Uh, addictive. I will say, very good show. He's amazing. It's just his uh, something about his face, like his eyes, maybe that just draw me in. Like this guy could play a bad guy. He could play a loving husband. He could. My favorite actors are extremely versatile. They could have expressive eyes. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis. Who? Who? I mean, who doesn't like Daniel Day Lewis? Um, but. But people who have very expressive eyes and are very versatile. See, I'm I the mean, opposite. I like Steven Seagal. You're the only one. My dad also loves Steven Seagal, so I take that back. Well, I like Steven Seagal when he looked like, like Steven Like old Seagal. fighter movies? Like where when, he just took bad guys out. Yeah, like Jenny McCarthy had a great audition story mm. uh, for Steven Seagal. She auditioned for Under Siege 2. And he was the only one in the room. It's like the complete opposite of the story you just told, where he literally, <laughs> there wasn't even a camera guy in the oh room. Oh, my God. And he's like, I need to see your tits. The role requires nudity. <laughs> and he's like. That's so <laughs> awful. Well, I, I put the blame on her because it's like, come on, it's it's Steven Seagal. It's not like Daniel Day-Lewis and Last of the Mohicans. But see, that's the sort of shit that I don't have tolerance for. I would have walked out of me. I, I don't. She didn't. She did. It. She said no. She had a moo moo on. Yeah. Because she's like, I want to be taken seriously as an actress. Yeah. It's like, well, you've never seen a Steven Seagal movie then. Ah, uh, burn. So, burn, burn, burn. shame on you. But uh, I like shitty action movies. Right. You know, that's um, fair. Con Air, one of my favorite movies i don't think that's a shitty action movie i think that's a good action movie well con air's like reminds me of when i used to do potluck at the comedy store minus the plane i mean con, that's one of my favorite movies of all time but those are all good actors like bruce for the most willis part. is not in that i was thinking of bruce fifth element. let's go back to con air uh nicholas cage i don't know about the southern accent he's doing wait who is that other guy and i'm so john malkovic uh, no wait you that's know, an actor i'm talking about you know who i'm talking about and i feel so bad i know the I whole cast name He's the he's the cop. John Cusack. Oh my God. Speaking of someone I love, Joan Cusack. If you want <laughs> She's a, hilarious. Watch her very first movie. 
this is an under the radar movie. I'm not going to ask you what year you were born, but I know it wasn't this year, 1980. Mm, yeah, it's a movie called My Bodyguard. Way before my time. It was her first movie, and I identify with the movie because the lead character. We talked about bullying before uh, we started. The lead character is a guy uh, everyone in the school is afraid of because he's bigger than everyone, and he looks just like me. The great Adam Baldwin. Adam, if you're listening, come on the pod. Sounds like a great opportunity for a Halloween costume. Well, no one would get the costume. <laughs> like, who are you? Oh, you're the guy from My Bodyguard. So you'll have to make a remake of the movie in order to be able to do the costume. They should do a remake of this movie. And cast you? Well, I'm a little late in the game to play Earl. a high school student. To play a high school student. All right. Okay, fine. But the whole point is he wasn't a bully at all. He you was do just, have great skin, though. I moisturize three lab from Barney's. Go to Gilbert. You get the discount. Uh, basement level. Uh, Very funny. Well, yeah, I'm not beauty kidding. Beauty tips though. with Earl. I, I really could do beauty tips with Earl. It's, it's, I do a serum, a three lab serum, and then you double up with the moisturizer. Wow. You have better skincare regimen than I have. Now, I, I actually treat my skin like shit. People ask me often how like what my regimen is and it's the same as middle school i mean it's awful what is it i just use clear still pads and then put body moisturizer on my face but i see no blemishes nothing thank you so much i don't go in the sun that's the only thing i do different and i don't drink so well i mean yeah i mean that's the only bad thing from my past i did was i was dating a girl at a tanning salon and i was so into her i would just go and get I, brutal skin oh cancer. oh my god well i've had skin cancer me too uh, high five right uh to uh, on your head on yeah. your face and my uh surgeon was the best dr gall in beverly hills a little plug there for dr g man uh yeah, it was, I mean, brutal what they have to do. Like, they have to dig They have in. to go super deep. Did you do basal cell? Well, it was the non, it was, it was the, uh, not the better cancer, but like, it was the, it wasn't the dangerous kind, but it could have if I would have just said, fuck it. Right. I mean, uh, because it started off, like, I got, um, I play hockey. Because there's a squamous cell, there's a basal cell. Basal cell is the least worst kind. It was basal cell, but it could have grown into the bad kind. Uh, Which so is they, melanoma. Right. Yeah. That's like, so they had to, they dig into your, in my case, forehead, mm -hmm. and they don't know if they've gotten it all. So they mm -hmm. have this guy who runs, he takes the your dugout forehead part, they test it. And then uh, they, they run back to the doctor. Your head's cut open. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you got it all or you didn't get it all. And uh, I mean, I was lucky. My surgeon was amazing in terms of plastics. Yeah, the there's scars. a little, right. You have no scars. Um, I, I do, but you, you have to like really look for it. And uh, Same thing happened to me right here. And I have a two inch scar that's never healed. And did you get it from laying out in the sun or? No, it was just a mole that went rogue. Right. That happens. It just went, it all of a sudden one day turned red. I'm, I swear I woke up and it was red. And I was like, hmm, that seems interesting to me. Uh, such a bold move, mole. And then I went to the dermatologist and like, it's cancer. So they had to just, you just, it's called Mohs surgery, M-O-H apostrophe S. Uh, it's for basal cell cancer removal. But yeah, they dug so deep and then they have to test all the cells. And then you're just like waiting there with this huge, yeah, like, yeah, gaping wound open, just waiting to find out if they need to come back in. 
and then they sew you up. Yeah, I mean, I had two gaping wounds. That's awful. Uh, but I felt no pain at all. Like this guy was fucking good. Uh, but well, you shouldn't feel pain. This is the first world country, so hoping. <laughs> well, you know, it's Obamacare. We'll we'll just hop right in on it. Okay. You know. All right. You're on Medicare. Actually, I, right now I don't have any health insurance. Oh, because Donald did repeal that you need to have health insurance, right? Well, this is under uh, Obama, my uh, Anthem. Okay. I got dropped from Anthem because they said I missed payments, which I've never missed. But then they sent me 12 refund checks for like That's 800 bucks so each. odd. So I was like, well, clearly if you guys are sending me money back, I, you know... I don't owe you any money. They're like, well, you can rejoin for 12 grand. And I'm like, rejoin? I I shouldn't have been... Dropped in the first place. Yeah, so right now I don't have any health insurance. So I got to, you know... Oy vey, Earl. So I had to pay for that surgery out of my own pocket. Oh, damn. uh, And that was no... uh, When was that? How many years ago? That was, uh, let me see, not that long ago, uh, probably th- two, three years ago, like maybe right before roast battle. Mm. So weird how roast battle is my timeline for giving you cancer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. life. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I owe it all to that show. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Moses, Jeff and Viacom. Hilarious. Uh, so yeah, that's, you know, cancer's a weird thing to, uh, you know, we were both lucky. I mean, you could you knock know, on wood. Some people, but going to that tanning salon, probably. That's the thing that'll do you in. You're going to be fine. Well, I would you go in. skin. You're fine. But they had a thing called the hex. And the hex is the one where you stand and it's like triple the power. Like you only have to go in there for 10 minutes. Do you have nightmares about this? I do. Cause it's like, it, it's a very West world. Like yeah. you stand and she would let me go in there for a half hour. Oh my so I would go in there God. for a half hour. That's a lot of fake vitamin D. Oh, um, oh my God. It's just, I mean, looking back now, it's like, you know, what was I thinking? Looking tan. I looked ridiculous. I was black for me. Anyway. I'm so pale. Anytime I spray tan, people think I'm a different race because it's, I'm like off white basically right what, now. Well, you are, what are you, Irish? What? Well, I mean, you're very white. I'm, I'm Ashkenazi. Jewish? Yeah. Super Jew. Okay. Not well, I'm Irish and like, a Jew. You're Jew? My mom's last name was Weinman. Oh my god! But I was raised Catholic. Oh, my dad was Irish Catholic, so I'm. Like, That's you know, not everyone's perfect, Earl. No, I mean I'm. A, you had a chance. I'm a part of the master race. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yikes! Um, um, I'm just kidding, guys. Which, which half is Jewish, Earl? That's what all the ladies are dying to know. Well, the wallet I think, or? <laughs> well, I won't say who said this, but uh, <laughs> it was. Someone we know uh, said, Earl, you have a caveman dick. <laughs> I don't know. That's very funny. And also, I think I have to go. The imagery is too strong. Well, I'm trying to be respectful because you and I are homies. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, and uh, I would. Well, a caveman uh, dick because it's so hairy. Or- oh, no, no, no. It's just, uh, it's all. Um, trying to think how to put this well i mean anyone in the la comedy scene outside of you has seen the picture just because i respect you too much to show it to thank you thank you so much well, it's a new era not too. to see your dick pic it's a new era uh i mean you know it's i'm very proud of my lighting in the picture and it's a whole thing but Did you use a ring light well no i mean i'll you know 
I had a comic ask me what my uh, ex-girlfriend's uh, private parts look like. That's disgusting. And I was still in love with her. about it, yeah. Well, I was still in love with her at the time. So, oh, you want to see what uh, her pussy looks like? Click, took a picture, showed it to him. He's sitting next to the manager at the improv, shows it to her. And I got a spot at the improv the next night. So, uh, you know, welcome to Hollywood. You know, sometimes people just need to remember that you're around. Well, <laughs> little little reminder never hurt. Whatever it takes. You know, we talked earlier about whatever it takes to get, uh, you know, some people are thirsty. That was just, just a little, yeah, a little dick pic. I mean, I you know, it's a new era now. I, I deleted many conversations and pictures uh, from my phones just in case I get hacked. I mean, yikes. Me and Ralphie Mays uh, private tweets Aww. to each other. Long live King Ralphie, but sorry, Ralphie, I had to delete all of our conversations. So So you guys might not have ever really been friends. I never talked to Ralphie privately (laughs) on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Ralphie was the best. But Uh, you know, you know that all of our information is already saved somewhere in the ether, you know? Jesus, I hope not. Everything. Uh, Oh my God. We're all fucked. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if you think, I mean wi-fi i mean you go to the i go to equinox i i go online i'm it's just so easy for people to hack these days i mean i haven't sent a nude photo or maybe like a partially nude photo i did but i haven't sent a nude photo in a really long time so all the ones that are out there are barely legal which i'm so upset about (laughs) you mean because of your age at the time well at the time i sent them yeah but you know because there are there are women who were scared i had a friend whose laptop her laptop got stolen and she had some nude photos but they were of her when she was 16 oh and so if those circulated whoever it was would go to jail anyway because it's oh yeah a lot of comics nervous right now oh oh that's disgusting oh i mean i've never uh i had a situation the other night I won't say where. <laughs> the comedy store. Keep going. <laughs> no, it's not the comedy store because you know you have to be of age to even. Oh yeah, you have to be twenty-one. True. Um, to walk in there. To to even like literally set foot uh, on there, which I think is a good rule. I uh, think so too. But I had a situation where I was uh, uh, at the store buying energy drinks, and uh, this girl uh, comes up to me. <laughs> said i know you from somewhere i'm like i don't think you do like i could already tell she was very young uh, i'm like no no I'm, i i don't think we're uh friends and she's like you were on roast battle right and i'm like oh boy here we go you were the guy who took his shirt off and the leather pants against the guy with the suit in the uk and i'm like yeah yeah i guess that's me i wouldn't say that means we know each other but she's like uh well here take my number uh, and I'm like, no, I, I, I'm on Instagram. You know, that's my out. So mm-hmm. I like. Yeah, follow me on Instagram. Right. right. My out to any uncomfortableness, but I still want the fan. So uh, she said, well, I think you went to grade school with my dad. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sealed the nail in the coffin, dog. See you, toots. Uh, yeah, fans are an odd thing. I um. You must get creepy. Not creepy, but you must get a lot of male fans. Well, I will say this. I, uh, I do get a lot of men emailing me from my website asking for autographs what is your website www.leahleahlamarlamarr2rs.com uh also instagram is just leah lamar twitter leah lamar thank you so much for following me i will send you an autograph if you're not a creeper 
Anyway. That rules out my fan base. Um, but you had to be an actual fan, right? So I got an email even just last night, actually, from someone asking for an autograph, saying they were a huge fan and that they loved. And they stayed, they uh, used two different projects, one of which I got cut out of totally. It was How to Get Away with Murder. I had a co-star in that show on the pilot and I got cut out of it. I love that show. It's a great show. He also loves it, apparently. And then also he cited a uh, feature film that I it was like one of the first thing projects I'd worked on in New York. And I was a featured extra, essentially. And so I was like, this guy doesn't even know my work. He's just creepy because if he knew my work, he would know that I wasn't in How to Get Away with Murder. I was, right. but I was cut out of it. So he couldn't be a fan of that work. Um, and I was like, yeah, this guy doesn't get an autograph because he's just like a weird stalker dude and then i i looked him up sometimes i just get interested to know who these people are and i guess he brags about having the most autographs or something so it doesn't even matter it felt like i just all of a sudden felt really unimportant um so there's stuff like that but then um i I have people reach out to my agent asking for autographs which is flattering but again it's very confusing it's kind of an odd well especially for a a pretty woman like you it's like do you Frankly, do these guys just want to fuck me? Uh, you know, obviously, you're not going to fuck a fan. Well, like, yeah, it just feels like that. what photo. I don't know. I just get weird about it. But um, for social media, when I post things, I'll almost never tag where I am if I'm there at. Yes, I'll never tag where I am if I'm somewhere currently. Like if I'm at the comedy store or something like that, that feels a little more safe. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I like to dress as a grandmother. Is that okay with you? No, um, I'm I'm right now on uh, leolamar.com. I suggest everyone goes there. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll find a lot of odd things. I was recently on Jean-Claude Van Johnson, Jean-Claude Van Damme's show on Amazon. Who I am a fan of. Like, you're way too young to appreciate the greatness of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. You're getting... The the version you're getting is not the version I grew up with. Right, right I'm sure. You know. Yeah, I have some things I could say, but I'm going to leave. Oh, you can't. Okay. Well, I mean, personal. what's the point of the show? Because someone just told me last night at the comedy store, or Sunday night, excuse me. Uh, I don't know why it matters what night it was. Uh, you've got to see the new Jean-Claude Van Damme it's show. It's great because it's a self-aware comedy. So he's mocking himself. Yes, that saying that no one knows who he is anymore. Because well, he looks different, right? And I'm not, I'm not asking you still, to make fun of no, him. No, he's still very fit. He's just not, you know, like same thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like these guys who used to be super buff are now still very fit, but they're just it's a little, little saggy, a little smaller. Right. Yeah, a smaller version, a little older, but they look great. They look great. He looks great. Uh, the show is hilarious. Kat Foster is the female lead and she's delightful. She's so talented. Um, she was really nice to me when I met her in the, hair and makeup trailer and she's yeah she's great the show is moises arias is also one of the leads and he's phenomenal such a sweet guy we improv they kept some of my lines from the i mean he's just a really great guy but does it follow him around like a day in the life of no it's a it's a scripted show oh he's acting jean-claude van Damme. Yes. Wow, and, he, and it's making fun of the fact that no one knows who he is in this life which is crazy to me because like he was so big, uh, but it, and he he's still such a badass in it too. Oh yeah, he could. Kick he's incredible. It. He's very funny. He's got comedy timing down. I a lot of people love the show, 
It's very campy. If you enjoy comedy, I suggest watching it. There are six episodes out right now. And it's on Netflix? It's on Amazon. Oh, okay. Someone told me it's on Netflix. No well, wonder I couldn't find you. it. Um, what, what were we talking about right before this? We were talking about your website, www.leahlamar.com. Something right before that. Uh, sexual harassment. No, it was right before we talked about. Skin cancer, caveman no, dick. after caveman dick. Um, before my website. Oh, what a great guy I am. Oh, uh, fans. Yes, fans. Uh, I just wanted to talk more about fans. Um, but, you know, social media is kind of an odd thing where you post on social media, you do these hashtags, you tag the location because you want people to come. And then for some reason, when they do come, I'm always surprised. You know, like people will come up to me after a show and as if they know me. And then I'm like, hi, how did we meet again? And they're like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. And it's like, oh. Yeah, it's a real deal. And it's. It's interesting because I think people like Angelina Jolie, I don't even know if she has an Instagram because she doesn't have to, but you know, we use, we use our Instagrams as portfolios sure. and a way to get, uh, encourage people to come to our shows, but people like that who do movies and <laughs> Lois is adorable. Um, well, for those of you, it's, uh, you can't see what's happening right it's an now. Audio only podcast. Lois yeah. is on her back. Getting a nice little belly rub. Yeah. Where uh, we've become very close friends. Well, uh, you know, or Lois. She just loves everyone. No, she doesn't. She bit the headliner recently at the Bray Improv. Okay. Now uh, I'm feeling better about our relationship. She I don't only like bites. She just loves everyone, you know? She only bites guys. She's okay. bitten several people on that couch. Sounds like she's had a hard life. Maybe she got harassed once. She was abused oh, uh, before I got to her. And then. Uh, oh. She but, trusts you, though. That's clear. Trust me. I think she was a, my psychological breakdown. You know, doing comedy for 20 years, I'm a psychologist now. <laughs> I would say Lois's problem is abuse by the hands of a bigger male with water, and she was also kicked. No. Because she's very, very uh, nervous around feet. Oh, poor girl. And she stops on the street if she sees a puddle of water. So I think she was sprayed. So uh, I'm quite the psychoanalyst. What's my problem, Earl? I would say uh, you're part of the Yale uh, syndrome, mm -hmm. which is uh, a closet homosexual. For sure. And uh, you've done a lot of cocaine. That's uh, <laughs> Christian Bale, American Psycho. Thank you so much. That's such an honor. Well, I would say, I mean, I've really uh, gotten to get into the heads of uh, comics. Mm. You know, you see some who are narcissists and bullies. You've seen some who are victims of uh, abuse, whether it be uh, psychological or sexual or both. Uh, so I'm, I think comedy has taught me to read people. It's probably my best skills. So, do you really think I'm a closet homo? No, no, I'm just kidding. Around. I would say, let me let me give you a quick analysis. Yeah, I'll take a quick read. I mean, you're hot, babe. Mm. So you've got Thank the confidence. You. Well, it's and and for the record, uh, Leah's like a sister to We're me. Friends, it's cool. It's not weird. Yeah, no, it's not weird. Uh, she's uh, dated a, a friend of mine, mm -hmm. so that's my number one rule: is I don't creep on uh, friends' exes. Mm -hmm. Of course, not everyone in LA comedy follows that rule. It's all good, though. It's all good. If I could tell you. Oh, I but I just don't get that. I think uh, I respect those boundaries as well, though. To me, to me, it's a little gross to go after someone's friend afterward. I think it's the worst. Uh, or to be pursued by them. It's just it's just creepy because then yeah. you're like, well, then you always wanted to fuck her. Right. It's like, how close are you guys? So when did it start? 
So you must not really be good friends, or it would just be a mind fuck. It's not fair. I mean, I've never done that to a friend. Uh, you were talking about me. Can we keep talking about absolutely. me? Absolutely. So I would so say you've got uh, uh, a confidence mm. that most girls don't have, but also, and we're all insecure, but you know, it, it's such a um, looks based business. Uh, that there's probably a little bit of insecurity. Mm -hmm. I'm the most insecure person on earth. So, no, I'm I'm insecure. So Keep that's going. not a. Uh, we all are. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Anyone yeah. who says they're not insecure is probably more insecure the than most anybody. Insecure. Right. It's like Gene Simmons says uh, he never reads the reviews of critics because most people shit on Kiss as a band. I guarantee you, he's the first one who reads the review. You know. And wanting a good review so uh but uh talented i mean i was lucky enough to be in uh a sketch with you in the grade you were very very good in that hilarious earl your dance moves top notch your comedy timing impeccable that i will agree with <laughs> i don't know about the dance moves where can people find this sketch they can find it on my website and also on One and a Half Jews on YouTube. That's the name of our production company, me and Chelsea Skidmore. Um, one and a Half Jews. And you guys release a lot of funny videos. You just did one for thanks. Was it Thanksgiving or Christmas? It was dinner? Thanksgiving. With the we great Stephen Randolph. Stephen Randolph, Rydoon, Rydoon, Johnson. I mean, it was a beautiful, collaborative, odd horror comedy. And you guys, you know, is the goal, uh, you know, because it's all about content, I mm -hmm. find these days. You know, I, you know, uh, you know, I think one of the mentors to all people in the comedy world is Whitney Rice, who, who just blasts out video after Love her. video. Love so funny. Oh, my God. She's like. I had Whitney on my show, and she won. Whitney, yeah, what is your show? Because that's at the. So you I, I host a monthly acting competition at Nerd Melt. The next one is Friday, January 26th at 9 p.m. If you come and you say that you heard me on Earl's podcast, I won't act weird. I'll treat you like a sibling. Um, but don't be creepy. But don't be creepy about it. No, but please come. It's very fun. It's a wild, crazy show. Everyone comes dressed like they're there for the Oscars. There's a red carpet, a step and repeat videographers, photographers, three celeb judges, six actors, and they all compete in four different rounds of acting and improv challenges. And at the end of the night, one person goes home with best actor award. And Whitney won her. She won, she won the very, the second iteration of the show. She won. She's very talented. She's so funny. She's a great actress. Uh, I have not, uh, I could say a million good things about her. Oh, she's, uh, I could say a million and one. Gorgeous, charming, intelligent, makes bold choices. She's unexpected. And the hardest working person I've ever met. So hardworking. She's, yeah, she's incredible. I, I'm i excited for to see where her career goes because I know she's one of those people that is going to blow up. Oh my God. She's like, uh, but it goes back to your, like, you know, she first, like, uh, started getting uh, traction she would just put out two three videos a week all p edited by herself i mean she does she's a one woman show right like, uh, and you guys are doing a similar thing like it's like once a month you guys put out a video and right our videos are very um specific and they're odd the first video the one that you were in leah and chelsea have a sleepover was very like if tim and eric were girls right and then our second no leftovers was a horror comedy. You know, we're just playing around with different types of comedy. It's no, it's 
obviously very oddball comedy when you watch it. Everything is so bizarre. Who but was the black dude who played the pizza delivery guy? My friend Landon Moss. He was funny. He is incredible. Is he, he an also, actor or comic or? He's, um, I actually met Landon doing an, uh, he has a huge Instagram following. Oh, okay. He's at like 500K or something like that. How does someone get that many? He just makes great videos. He's very funny. He's very talented. He's the kindest, sweetest guy. And he produces now, he produced Laugh Tracks that's coming out. What is that? Um, Laugh Mob, Laugh Tracks on True TV. Okay. I'm on that show. It's coming out so, uh, soon. And some comics that we know, like I'm portraying Rachel Feinstein. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, it's for, so basically they take bits from stand-up comics who've acted them out on stage and then they do the sketch portrayal of it verbatim from the actual joke. You know, it's funny. I did a show like that for Stephen Randolph. Mm -hmm. It was at the the Improv Theater right by uh, Nerd Melt. It's mm -hmm. like a little, uh, and you would do a joke, and then they would have an improv group. Well, but this is different. It's similar, but it's actually verbatim, right? From what they're saying, so you're you're reenacting the joke with the exact words, as opposed to like making a sketch about right. But yeah, I mean, it's a very similar concept. I mean, I went with my gay steam room story in the forces. That sounds delightful. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> For some audiences. I've seen a lot of stuff in the steam rooms at various gyms I go to, which is completely... You know, when in Rome... But. I was at a Korean day spa yesterday, and it was women only. And I will say, some this, there was a very odd steam room situation. But what, like, two women trying to get it on or something? Um... The whole vibe is very different when it's all women. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> you know, imagine. I'm just gonna let people's imaginations run wild here. But no, because I'm curious. Because I, you know, you know, I live in a gay neighborhood. You know, it's the real deal on Larrabee, uh, and so it, every business around here is pretty much, you know, uh, at least seventy percent gay, which is fine. But the gyms I go to are probably eighty percent gay if not higher. So like the steam room shenanigans are just like so aggressive. Are you seeing like handies? Oh my God. I've seen, uh, you know, a 24 hour fitness, which is right down the road. I saw a guy getting his ass eaten. No. Oh my God. It was like, uh, why can it, I never get my ass eaten in a steam room? Oh, uh, well, you're not going to get that happening. Just not the, hanging out with the right people, you know? Well, the one, uh, I don't know why I'm giving 24 hour fitness of free publicity, but the one on, uh, Sepulveda and Ventura, their steam room is co-ed. Oh, that so sounds you, dangerous. Well, here's the weird thing. Like I saw, you know, the guy getting his butt eaten. I've seen full on sex. Uh, I'm assuming unprotected. That's, uh, gnarly and Wouldn't i didn't pass out in a steam room well uh you know with the butt eating thing i was there for like 10 minutes you stayed for that long well that's the number one question i get and i'm not doing bets but like everyone's like well why didn't you leave uh, i was there first fuck mm -hmm. those guys uh well they were fucking each other so well it was so nasty i mean it was so gross but yeah but you got to do what you like you know you're on a time crunch you don't have time to come back I, well, I do. I've got a lot of time in the daytime. Which is Never when, mind. Take back what I said. But like, the point is, like, I stayed for that. But when I was at the 24-hour fitness in Sepulveda, a hot girl in a bikini went in there. And she was kind of vibing me up. And I felt more uncomfortable mm. 
mm-hmm. talking to her in a bikini. I, was, I had to leave. Like, I literally, I, I got to go. Dangerous territory. I want to wrap two things up that we didn't finish. Oh, please. Because now you... I'm realizing that. So, no, no, no. Just no, no. Do your thing. Ones. One was the name of the show that I host is called Nominees. Yes. That was important. And we have an Instagram. It's Nominees the Show. N O M I N E E S. Like you're a nominee. You've been nominated for an Oscar. And the pictures are wild. Thank you. Yeah. Like I actually have Kel, as in Keenan and Kel, as one of the judges for the next show. A good burger is. Whole, it all starts and ends. I yeah. literally can't wait to put orange soda on the table. He'll probably hate me forever. Now, th- I'm not making fun of him, but he's not the one that's on SNL. That's correct. He? That's Keenan. So you have Kel. I got Kel. Okay, now he still accents. I really, I don't know a lot about him. Come to the show and you'll find more information out. If I come to that show, do you think you could get him uh, to do an Instagram video with me where he says, welcome to Good Burger, can I take your order? I don't know about the Good Burger. I wonder, oh. uh, you know, I need to, I need to, I'll suss, him, I'll suss him out. But if you I'm, come to the show, I'm sure you guys can get an Instagram video, period. You know, I just need the numbers. You got it. I'm posting pictures of my dog. I'm lucky if I get 50 likes. I'm here for you, Earl. I just, you know, it's how the game's played. I mean, she needs a bath. I'm going to be real with you. So, and finish up, and I'm going to take a picture. There's a cutest picture right now. Lois is like spread eagle. Uh, (laughs) That's so cute. Um, The other other thing that I was going to wrap up on was my point about Angelina Jolie, where she, she doesn't have people from the internet coming up to her, right? She has a barrier because there's a difference between film stars and wow uh for those who can't see what's going on earl has placed himself on top of his coffee table it seems like it could break but we're not sure anyway um i think that there's such a huge difference between film stars and people in comedy because in comedy you're supposed to be people feel like they know you from your jokes right and so you're supposed and everything has to be relatable so they feel like they know you and there's a, a very very small barrier and it's everything is within reach. You could talk to any comedian, you know, especially when you're at the store, right? Like you're literally standing a foot away from people on a stage. So yeah. of course they feel like they can come up and talk to you. And that's totally fine. Um, I think that it's, it's hard. It's been interesting for me because I consider myself to be more of a private person, which is hilarious. Cause it's unlike, well, don't, don't do stand up Cause you're speaking from your truth. However, you know, I've, become a little more adjusted to being friendly with strangers. Honestly, you have to be. And it's something that I've been working on because I would say growing up in New York, you've been taught to not be friendly with strangers. There are so many maniacs in New York. People come up to you all the time, left and right. And so now I'm just starting to get used to the idea of it's just regular people who like your humor. Oh, I love it. But it's different for me because I'm a big dude, you know, I don't think I have to worry about getting, you know, sexually harassed or, right. or whatever. Like you're, I mean, I'm sure you can handle yourself. Like, but you know, it's different when you're a girl. And yeah, I mean, after a show, I'd love to be able to, you know, hug people and take photos and feel cool. And that would be that's a goal, you know, 2018, being more open. Right, and it's a tough business to be open. Right, but it also depends. Like I've not seen your stand up that much, just because we, you know, we're in different circuits or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Like, do you, uh, like, I talk about just my life. So you're right. Like, people think they know you because you're sitting there talking about your last girlfriend or whatever, or boyfriend. Right. Yeah, I like, talk about my truth as well, just right. my, my life. So I think people feel, uh, 
I don't want to say an odd connection, but like uh, maybe a connection that's not quite there because you're talking about your life and they're like, oh, I know you. It's like, well, you kind of, but you know, like, you know, you're not going to meet me in the steam room at 24. But they might. They might at the one on Sepulveda. You never know. Now we'll, I see. We'll find Earl there later today. Uh, uh, tonight I'm going to Equinox, just, just a little more. Uh, you just know. so everyone knows. Yeah. Equinox West Hollywood. I'll be on the elliptical zoning out to 80s metal videos i get so many dirty looks at my gym metal videos well Earl, i thought i knew you and now i'm just a fan who doesn't know anything about you at all well i don't like working out i hate it i do it every day but so to get me through my workouts i will bring my ipad which is fairly large i mean this mm -hmm. is a big screen um and i'll just play youtube videos i just of like white snakes here i go again really oh i love it gets it so it's like a five minute song that's five minutes went by like that and then i'll put in like uh you know uh, uh i don't know uh maybe a ufc fight you know that's like 15 minutes so. you're that guy at the gym but i don't i don't uh i'm so in my own world i don't talk to anyone i don't bother anyone and equinox is a a fairly pretentious gym mm. So I'm, I would agree with that. Oh, it's like, it, it's, uh, I don't think half the people can afford the membership, but they somehow weasel their way in there. I don't think most people work out at Equinox. They just sit, they wear the nicest workout attire and then yes. look at each other well, and they then do wait the, for someone of status to walk by. They do the Fabio workout, which is one set of curls and then walk around and talk to whores for 40 minutes. Whores. It's Equinox. Come on. Let's, All right. Let's I'll get let you real. have it. I'll no, I'm not. I, listen, there's not a comic. They just all have their headshots ready to go. Absolutely. <laughs> I love women. I respect women. There's not a comic. Male whores as well. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, we're saying whores loosely, like literal loose whores, but also whores, you know, you're just, you're ready to give your headshot out at any moment. I mean, go to roast battle tonight. Uh, the male whores up there are like a bunch of frothing dogs on the patio. I mean, we're all comedy whores. Well, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, we're all whores. I we're mean, all whores. We're like whores. Mac Davis said in North Dallas 40, I'm just trying to be the best whore I can be. It's an old reference. But now I see, I believe people are spiritually drawn to each other. Uh-oh. And I see I'm you. So worried about what you just said. Completed uh -oh. an intermediate class at the Groundlings. I did. Which I was kicked out of. Why were you kicked out? Why? Uh, <laughs> what? How I, do you get kicked out of Groundlings? Well, I told my teacher, Sean Hogan, to fuck off. That's a good way to get kicked out of the Groundlings. Well, he. Uh, when did you go to the Groundlings? What era? Year? Um, Now, two years ago. Oh, okay. And then I started doing stand up and didn't look back. I actually stopped doing improv after that because I realized I hated it. I mean, I prefer stand up, but I do. Uh, love uh improv and uh it's a different skill set you know i just i it's a totally different skill set i i did ucb 101 201 in new york and people were coming into ucb 101 with 10 years of improv experience and i was just learning how to yes and i thought it was supposed to be fun but then i realized everyone was trying to get on snl i'm so cutthroat and then i moved to la and i took 301 and 401 uh i actually didn't even i didn't even think i was funny uh, and then I met with a casting director through a producer friend. And after one hour of chatting with her at the end of it, she goes, Oh, I just want to let you know you're more funny, less pretty. 
She could have just said, you're funny. Right. She didn't have to let me know I was less pretty than I am funny. But I think what she was trying to say was, because I think a lot of people would disagree with that. But I think what she was trying to say was that if you are funny at all in this business, that you should try to push that because right. it's a skill set that a lot of people don't come out here with. You know, they come out here from the Midwest and they're beautiful and they're great dramatic actors, but perhaps they're not very funny or aren't witty or don't have that quickness, right? Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different skill set. So then I took UCB 301 and 401 out here. And in LA, I will say it felt a little different. It felt a lot more like, because there's no filtration system there. It's just pay as you go. It felt a little more, oh, my commercial agent told me to take an improv class because it's good for my resume. And I ended up in a 401 class with people who didn't know how to yes and. So then it was just frustrating. I went to the groundlings because I was like, I like characters I like this, like that. And uh, there's you have to audition to get into the school. Yes. It's very cutthroat. Um, but, you know, it's hard when you're only you're, you go to class twice a week and you don't get to perform that many times. And I just felt like I was spending a lot of money, time and energy. And 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 I know a lot of groundlings and they're incredibly funny, incredibly talented people who are all working actors. And, you know, a lot of people in Sunday Company, the same exact thing, very talented. That's the level, basically. But, you know, if you're not a groundling, it's right before that. And I just, you know, I was like, what do I love most about performing? It's like, I like writing a lot. I like, I come from a very heavy theater background, musical theater and theater. And I was like, I just like being on a stage and I like performing. And I was really disliking having to wait for six other people to have the same availability to have an improv practice to, and I didn't enjoy going to see improv shows. So I was like, mm, there's something else I'm sure. And then someone, people had been suggesting stand up to me for years and I just didn't have the confidence. Cause it's, tough. it's, it's, I remember the first mic I went to was at, um, Oh, it's, Changed hands now. It shut down. Where it was uh, rock paper. Rock paper. The great Michael Q's establishment. <laughs> rock paper. And I remember Brian Marino was going to put me up before the open mic even started because I was so nervous. Right. No one was there besides the barista, me, and Brian Moreno, and a girlfriend who's not a comedian. And I shat my. I went to the bathroom. I took all the nervous poops. I came out. I mean, I really was that nervous. And thinking about how nervous I used to get in front of no one versus what I'm able to do now is just hilarious. It's scary. It's really scary doing stand up. Well, you're up there alone. Right. So it's either you get all the glory or you get all the bomb. Well, like if you're in a bad improv group. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There are other people to help you out. But and you can blame like your partner. Oh, he doesn't know the yes and. Or right. Yeah. I love blaming other people for sure. <laughs> No, but I hear you. And I think there's something to be said for being able to stand on a stage by yourself and just accept what comes your way, good or bad. I mean, I wish it would have worked out better for me at the Groundlings, but know, I thought it was like kind of a telemarketing uh, or pyramid scheme. Like A lot of people feel that way. I, I love the Groundlings. I love seeing their shows. Um, you know, if I, I might go back if the time is right, but, you know, I don't have a lot of time I'm taking other classes as well. Like there are only so many hours in the day. Uh, I just took a clowning class with Phil Burgers, Dr. Brown. If you don't know who he is, absolute genius. What kind of class? Clowning. Oh, okay. 
probably the hardest class I've ever taken in my life. I and I will also say this at the at the end of the class, we were all talking and he said, you were so bad on the first day that I almost told you not to come back. (laughs) He said, but on the last day, I realized you were the most improved person. Oh, sweet. And then you got the most out of it out of anyone. And there's something to be said for being that bad at something. So I want to give hope to people who, you know, get knocked down. You can get up again. I mean, I bombed for three days, not one laugh in that class. And that will eat you up when you're a comic because you're it's not stand up. It's not improv. It's not acting. It's not character. It's not sketch. It's a different art form. And you have you go out there with nothing. And so it's it's almost impossible. And watching people who are good at it, it's it's like a magic trick. It's wow. like watching a magic trick. And you just, you like can't even explain why something works. But then once it works, you're just laughing hysterically and you can't stop. And the fourth day, I remember, I finally had a breakthrough. But it's only because I hit absolute shit rock bottom. The day before he had made me come out because I was so bad, Earl. I've never been this bad at anything in my life. I mean, it was really like, I'm open to failure, right? I mean, that's part of the business, but this was next level. I respected so many people. Whitney Rice was in my class. There's so many people in this class that I respected. I had to look at every single person in the eyes, stand stand front and center and tell them all that I was shit, that I might not ever be funny. I might not ever be funny again. I have nothing. I I am nothing. Just really trying to get to just scraping away any ego, any pride, getting to the bottom of the barrel. And then I the next day I came out on stage and I just had this very random impulse to hump a music stand. And I just sang Santa Baby and everyone broke out into extreme laughter and applause and then I was so upset that that was the thing that I because I had been trying so hard to get people to laugh. Right. And, you know, when you're trying is usually when you're failing. Oh, absolutely. And this was just I had not. It just came out of nowhere. I was like, well, I don't know. I guess I'm going to hump this music stand and sing Santa, baby. And everyone started laughing hysterically. And then I started crying hysterically, fell to the floor at the music stand, praying to God, wondering how all of my life choices got me to this one place that I was in a clowning class, not doing the right technique and that people were laughing at me, humping a music stand, singing Santa baby. And people were laughing even more at that. Right. You know, and sometimes you just, the most beautiful things come from your most unexpected failures. Absolutely. But anyway, so I was taking clowning class. But why would you take a clown? (laughs) Like what's, because uh, I had seen a clown show and it was the hardest I'd ever laughed in my life. And I, did not stop laughing. It was the most inspired I'd been by live theater in a long time. It was better than any, I mean, not to knock stand up, but I mean, this was, it was just better than any theater I'd seen in a long time, better than any stand up I'd seen in a long time. It was just a, a different art form that I was, I thought it was so hilarious. It was so well produced. It was funny from start to finish in ways I didn't know I could laugh. And it was genius. It was just genius. And I thought, I haven't been inspired like this in so long. I need to know what this is and I want to be involved with it and understand how it could be a part of my life in some way. I mean, uh, do you find that clowning helped your stand up? I think it helped me become more honest, open, and vulnerable 
because I used to not be able, even at a mic, I wouldn't be able to just go up there and talk and just be present. I'd have to have my jokes and I'd have to have my book and I'd have to be like, okay, I'm going to test this joke, this joke, this joke. But now I can just try to be a little more conversational. That's something I'm working on in my standup is making it less about the jokes and more about having my actual personality come through and making right. it feel more like I'm present on stage and I'm breathing and I'm looking at people. And it's, I mean, I could go up there and just blast 10 minutes and you would feel like there was a wall up between us Right. where I was just doing setup punch, setup punch. And I'm trying to, trying to slowly step away from that and become a different sort of comic that I feel would suit me better on stage. And where do you uh, perform usually? Comedy store? Um, I perform... Flappers. A lot of flappers, a lot of comedy store. I mean, anywhere that will book me. I have friends that book me at a lot of alt venues, you know, all around town. So I'm I'm always doing shows, but they're at bars or record shops or wherever it is. I hear it. That's... Yeah. Uh... Doing what, taking whatever gig I can. That's how you got to do it in LA. Yeah, it's a um, lot of non-traditional club venues that you know bars and. Mm -hmm. Edie Gibson took me on the road in San Diego, did Madhouse down there. Great club. I've never seen anyone have a bad set there. No, so fun. What a great. We had great shows. It was very um, fun. Now, what's coming up on the horizon that the fans can look out for on TV? Other than the Von Johnson. Yeah, that came out um, December 15th. So still very fresh. Jean-Claude Van Johnson on Amazon. My nominee show, the next one is Friday, January 26th, 9 p.m. at Nerd Melt, which is inside Meltdown Comics and Collectibles on Sunset. It's in the back of the store. You can't miss it. The turnout is always amazing. So buy your tickets early. And I'm not just saying that. We're going to have incredible actors and actresses that you've seen on your TV and the celebrities are top notch this year. Um, and I say this year because it's 2018. And um, and also come ready for a photo op. We all love them. So oh, absolutely. Let's be honest about it. And you can see me. I've got a bunch of shows. I'll update my calendar. So check those out. And let's see what else do I have going on. Um, hopefully I'll have a busy year this year. And you guys will be seeing me on, I don't know. Possibly roast battle. Earl, you keep pushing for it. Well, I think you'd be great on it. I mean, you are great on it. Thank you, you, you know, three now, baby. But you know, uh, maybe it, I'll come back. I think this show needs more women. I think it, if the right person challenged me, that I would do it. You know, maybe uh, a rematch with the lovely uh, Nicole Buchanan. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say someone else, but um, no, no. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I uh, I don't think I need to start doing rematches when I have only done three battles. That's a little hilarious. Um, I think those rematches are fun when people have been doing like 15 battles and they're great at it. Nicole is a star. I think she's been doing great, hasn't she? Yeah, she's killing it. Uh, she's such a lovely, she's she's lovely and she's very funny. She's very, yeah. And it's, it's uh, I've only lost to women. So uh, did you lose to her? No, no. I lost to a Whitney Rice. Oh yeah, right. And a Sarah Tiana. My only two losses to women. Maybe we should battle Earl. <laughs> uh, well, we certainly know the secrets. We know the dirt. Yeah, we do know the dirt. I don't know. I don't know if we'd be a good matchup. I think we would just because I think it's really important that uh, the battles I like the most are where you get the inside dirt. You know, we, you know where the battlers know each other. Obviously, we can really hurt each other's feelings. I think that's a good. That's where it's, that's where we want to take this, huh? But I don't think we would because 
you know, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, we're homies. So yeah. I only want to battle. I don't think I'll ever battle again, but. Uh, it would be coming from a place of love. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, but it's hard. Like when I battled Benji Aflalo, like he's one of my best buds. It was like hard for me to sit there and say, I don't think you're funny when I think he's great. Right. Right. Uh, which yeah. Is, it happens. You know, I think everyone gets matched up sometimes when it doesn't feel right. But I do feel like, you know, uh, the, the better battles are when it's um, the people know each other. Friends. So almost. You can, friend, I mean, I don't want to battle someone I don't like because then it's you're just shitting on someone. Right. And that's not funny to me. But to other people, they're mercenaries. They don't care. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know Earl. I don't really like him that much. I'll talk about his parents dying or his last girlfriend or. God, roast battle is really brutal, huh? Well, like, I mean, I think it depends on, uh, you know, who you're battling and and your relationship with that person. Uh, you know, uh, talking about dead family members and miscarriages and abortions, you know, that stuff is hard. Yeah. Rape. And, and yeah, like, uh, and I'm at the point now where I re I really, uh, you know, if I ever were to battle again, I would research if you had an abortion from 17 years ago, I'm going to interview the doctor. Earl's like, ad Planned Parenthood with yeah. a, well, that's right across the street. Oh God. You just have a video camera set up seeing if any comics go in <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. just in case you do roast battle. Yeah. I mean, I research, I mean, I have other people write the jokes, but I will research. I'm like Bon Jovi. I, uh, pay Desmond child to write the songs and then I sing them. Uh, that's a deep music cut for you. Uh, music lovers out there. Super deep cut. But like, yeah, yeah. Real deep. I mean, so deep. not many comedy podcasts are dropping a desmond child zing we all felt it but you've probably made love mm. or hung out with a dude to a desmond child song literally never i'm telling you <laughs> have you ever listened to ricky martin who listens to ricky martin when they're having sex gay dudes oh so Thank you, Earl. I appreciate that. But, but all right. Have you ever listened? Although I've, I have dated some questionable guys. That's true. Well, I, you know, they might. Uh, I can't. Uh, I love everyone. I don't take back one relationship I've had. There you go. Really? No take backs? No. You like, I mean, at You're the time. You're very PC. No, no. I mean, I'm honest. I mean. Uh, I mean, I, I really liked all the people I was seeing at the time. But looking, yeah. looking back, you're like, woof, you know? I mean, looking back, I would, uh, I'm the type that go, well, we could still be dating if, like, I look at the. Do, do you feel like you have any ones that got away? Oh, probably a few, you know. I don't want to say their names here. Just right, of you know, course. Like it's, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I would say, uh, oh, absolutely. You know, I made a lot of mistakes and maybe some of them made some mistakes. And, uh, I mean, how about you? Enough about me. There's one guy that if everything was different about him. Right. Yeah. Oh, there so. you go. <laughs> but you don't know what the future holds. Life is long, Earl. Well, especially in this business, you know, I don't know about you, but I primarily, uh, all I'm around are other comics. So. Right. I mean, I, um, I'm around a lot of actors. Right. And I'm around a lot of comics and I'm around a, honestly a wide variety of people. And it's the more and more I date in LA, 
the more it's hard because I always say I'm never dating another comic or I'm never dating another actor. And so I, I, but it's these are the people we hang out with and they can empathize with us because they do the same things and they have the same sort of schedules. And it's just easier when you're dealing with two people who can sympathize with each other or understand each other's schedules or whatever it is. But then again, it's like, why can't I just date a nice guy who has a regular job who's available when I'm available? Why can't I do that? Because you're not around them. I know. That's exactly why. Like, I've I'm, tried the whole like Raya thing and Bumble and I don't know. I'm, I think at this point in my life, it would take a really special person to, uh, yeah, to take me off the market. Well, I mean, you're, uh, you know, just take your day to day. You're doing this podcast at, you know, whatever time it is, one o'clock, then you, you go meet you know your writing partner right mm -hmm. so then you do that and then you got a show tonight or you go to roast battle it's like right if you were dating a nine to five or the, you, you forgot to mention that i worked out earlier but that's okay yeah. where do you work out um you don't have to get the exact gym, i don't want to say where i work out actually but a gym or it's like people a, have reached out and made me feel uncomfortable but really yeah that's crazy well, yeah, but you work out just of the, men that's the weird part Earl. um just if you ever saw Ingrid goes west, you'll understand why I'm not blasting this out. No, I understand. But yeah. it's a gym, or you do like Pilates or whatever. Um, yeah, I work out at a gym sometimes, but yeah. I'm also a very, I'm, I'm an avid hiker. Right. But I like adventure hiking. I'm not one of those who's like, let's do Runyon. Although I'll do Runyon, I'll do the Hero Trail. I prefer doing trails that are like Echo Mountain, where it's like a four hour hike, and at the end, your leg you can't move. Right. Um, I'm really into adventures. I bet. So yeah, and also the next guy I date better work out. Cause uh, like uh, is it the the? And I don't mean work out emotionally. I mean physically. He better actually work out. Because you like the <laughs> it's a visual uh, attraction. No, I don't mind guys that have bellies. I just. I think that there's something mentally behind taking care of yourself. Yes. I'm not looking for a guy who's ripped. I don't want that. Um, I like to feel a little bit more like I'm the sexier one, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, but I think there's something to be said for guys who, because I have dated guys who just don't work out. And I think it says something about a lack of care for yourself or lack of respect for yourself where you're just not interested in taking care of your body. And that's so unattractive. Right. Because you want to like be somewhat, I want other girls to look at you. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to be dating a guy where everyone's looking at us thinking like, oh, he's lucky. I don't need that. Right. I want, and I also don't need the other type, which I've also dated, which is where we're walking down the street and people think I'm the one with money. Like, like I don't need to be dating a guy that hot. I gotcha. I don't need, I don't need a hundred girls looking at my guy and me feeling, you know, I'm not, I'm a secure person, but I don't think anyone is, I don't think anyone could be that secure. Well, especially in our world where it's right. I find a constant just you know a good looking guy who's smart and funny and charming and sweet and wants a committed relationship good luck to me right Tech, uh, has a job oh can he have a job please in la comedy good uh, luck i don't Earl, I gotta get out of the com i gotta stop dating comics i don't think you do like it's like you just uh I'm just not telling you about it it's just uh it's such a wacky world that I think we're the only ones who can date each other. I know. It's hard because we get each other. Right. You get we're all damaged in the same way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, you can't tell a nine to five 
personally, you know. Yeah, you bombed. try to tell the same sort of have the same sort of humor with a crowd of people who have a nine to five, and they're either mortified by you or they talk about you and like, wow, that person's really inappropriate. And you're like, no, I maybe have a podcast called Inappropriate Earl, but like, I'm, you know, this is just how I speak. And I'm very appropriate, by the way. You are very appropriate. I try and be. I don't know why. You're a good guy. I mean, I try, you know, uh, but it hasn't, uh, you know, we'll see where being a good guy gets me. In LA comedy, all right, Leah, my goal is to have people want to hear you come back. So let's one more time give your plugs. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. My Instagram and Twitter, Leah Lamar, L-E-A-H-L-A-M-A-R-R. That's two R's. Facebook, you can find me, my fan page, Leah Lamar. Basically, just stalk me on the internet, but don't stalk me in a creepy way. Is that okay, everyone? Yeah. And can we agree to be cool? Be cool. And like I said, if you come to nominees or any of my stand-up shows, but mostly if you come to nominees and you come for a photo op, I'll take a photo with you. Tell me you tell me that you heard about it through Earl, uh, Inappropriate Earl, and you're going to get a, a great big hug. And what's the YouTube page they can go to? One and a half juice to see me and Chelsea Skidmore's sketches. Chelsea Skidmore is the best. Love her. My BFF also bridesmaid at her wedding. Her and Stephen Randolph are engaged to my favorite people in LA. Also work at the comedy store. Yes. I mean, the comedy store, all roads go back to the comedy all store. All roads go lead to the comedy store. All relationships start and end at the comedy That's store. That's also the truest thing that has been said on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, literally, uh, literally my relationship started. And ended. I've lost every girlfriend uh, to the comedy store, but I've gotten them through the comedy store. Right. So yeah. Double edged sword, huh? It, it's a sword that's very sharp, <laughs> real shepherd. sharp. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You guys love you all. Leah Lamar is the best. Follow her, support her. Don't be creepy. Uh, coming up next week, another lovely, talented female friend of mine i noticed in episodes with women get a little more numbers the great jessica michelle singleton oh jms is a delight a true delight she's amazing uh and uh so we got back-to-back female episodes and then we'll get back to uh some you know fat hairy open micer who's uh, just trying to make it okay get some women because we're all whores that's okay listen we all are you know be good to people I live my life by the brace philosophy. Just be good to people. That's for you gigolo fans out there. I'm obsessed with that show on Showtime Gigolos. Have you ever seen no, it? No, I haven't seen it's it. It's the best. Follow six gigolos around Vegas. And it's just, it's clearly a fake reality show. That sounds insane. I kind of want to be a part of it somehow. What prostitute, go, like John, has, yeah, I'll have a camera in the room while I'm it's just it's a crazy brace is this so the the moral of the story is be good to each other be good people or you might get skin cancer that's the brace philosophy (laughs) who's like the that's the philosophy and then there's uh nick the rapper he wants to do comedy and rapping and jiggles is the best show and then they have ven the black guy's like you know they do these vignettes where they, they introduce themselves and like Brace will say, "I my philosophy is to be good to people." I've been with so many women; it's just a blur. And then they cut the van going. You know, I consider myself a real feminist, and he's getting his ass eaten in the jacuzzi. It's like the stupidest show. 
I mean, that sounds delightful, though. I want a life where someone's eating my ass out in a jacuzzi. Well, welcome to the comedy There's store. There's still time for me. There's well, still time. See you on the next Martin Harris show. Uh, <laughs> Martin Harris no longer doing bringer shows at the comedy store. Rest in peace. R.I.P. But don't worry. There's plenty of other people who will fill the void. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow Leah. Leave a review on iTunes. Go to Roast Battle Tuesday nights at the comedy store. The show's still going strong. Three and a half, four years in, and uh, I think it's next summer, uh, season three. Uh, so, uh, you know, never say never. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>